Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Coming to you COVID-free. Cross the fingers, knock on wood. Our special guest today is John Scholler. John is a very, very successful flipper based out of Charleston, West Virginia. He and his partners have done over 100 flips in the last three years. So they're definitely rocking and rolling with this. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Dave. All right, John, let's just jump right into it. Why do you think flipping is such a, a good strategy? Why do you and your partners like flipping so much? Well, as you know, in real estate, it's just one of many strategies. And I think it's kind of, uh, you kind of just end up in one of the strategies, right? Maybe you head for one and you end up in another one. But I met my partners about three years ago before I was actively doing real estate and they just happened to be flipping. So that's where we went. Now we do have other companies where we have rentals and rent-to-owns and some holding, but our main company, our bread and butter, and what people know us for is our flipping. All right. Fantastic. So how did you, you met these partners, they were already doing flipping. Just out of curiosity, how does that arrangement work? How many of you are there and what's the division of responsibilities in your company when it comes to flipping? So I have two partners, Steve and Andrew, and they were already flipping houses for about a year, maybe a year and a half before I joined up with them. I had moved to the area. My wife had got accepted in the nursing anesthesia school here in the area. Before that, we were travel nursing all over the U.S., and then we landed here. Before we got here, I knew I wanted to start getting into real estate. I had several businesses before, sold them, had some money saved up, and I knew that I wanted to go in the direction of real estate. So I contacted them before I ever got here and I met up with one of them and it's the craziest story ever. It's a long story. Well, I won't get into the whole thing, but I asked if I could shadow them one day. Fast forward three years later, we're now partners together and I'm CEO of the company. That is awesome. I love that story. We, But let me just point something that pops out to me, John. So smart, smart, smart. So first of all, you knew you wanted to get into real estate. In my opinion, there's a couple of different ways. Like you can do what a lot of people do, which is jump in and just flounder around and screw things up and try to figure it out on their own. You can go out and take a whole bunch of courses and training and, and get mentoring and, and learn from people that are, you know, pay to learn from people that are actually doing it. Or, and you, maybe you did that as well. And, or you can jump right in, find somebody who's actively doing what you want to do and say, hey, how can I help you? How can I bring value? What can I do to make your life easier so I can learn what you're doing and become successful like you? Is that kind of what I'm hearing that you did as the last one there? Absolutely. I just saw that as a, uh, it's a shortcut in a way. I mean, you can learn it all on your own and that's fine. Many people do. You can pay the mentors and all that stuff. And again, what teach their own. But I know how I learn. I learn hands-on, and I need someone to show me how to do it. I can't, be, I can't read it in a book. I do my fair share of reading, but I learn best if somebody shows me how to do it. What's that saying? Like, I can read how to build a chair, or you can show me how to build a chair. If you show me how to build a chair, I can repeat that step over and over again. And so I just knew these guys were already doing it. Didn't know much else about them. Didn't even know their last names, really. Just, so I just wanted to meet with them and see what they were getting into. And we just clicked. And it really worked out because of the, the different things we each brought to the table. So at the beginning, three years ago, John, what was it that you brought to the table that these guys saw as being valuable? Because they didn't know you from Adam. So what did you, what did you say to them? Or, or what did you bring to the table that they said, yeah, come on board. We'll, we'll show you the ropes. 
So that was, that was definitely tricky. I mean, it was weird for probably the first three to six months, especially the way how we just kept kind of like getting closer and closer and my position kept growing without any real like, should we do this or what? It just kind of like, it was really yeah. strange. But yeah. what I what I tell people at first is what I brought to the table. I didn't mention I had a lot of money at first because people will take advantage of you there. And again, a lot of money is relative, but I had some money saved up. But I didn't mention that because I didn't want anybody to take advantage of me. But also, they didn't know me. So what I knew I had to do was show them, right? They already had the business in place. They necessarily didn't know what I had, so they weren't asking anything of me. I needed something from them. Yeah. So I'll just go with like the very first couple uh, days or the first week. Yeah. First meeting, I came into Shadow. They're all talking amongst each other, just moved into this office, and they were complaining about the bathroom, right? The bathroom needed clean. It didn't have any toilet paper. It was all out. They didn't have anything to stock it with. I'm listening. All I'm doing is listening. I come in the next morning to shadow again. I get there 30 minutes before everybody else, and I bought the toilet paper. I bought the toilet papers, and I scrubbed the toilet. I didn't need to do this, right? I'm okay, but I wanted to show them what I would bring. And In fact, I didn't even tell them I did it, but they knew I came in early and did it. Then they needed desks for the office. They're about to spend about, I don't know, probably five to $8,000 getting desks for all the office space. So I said, guys, I had a moving background. I had a moving company for almost 10 years. I said, guys, don't worry about it. I'll take care of the desk. And they were, they were probably like, what? Okay. Like, we're not paying me. Keep in mind, I came in a little bit for some Instagram consulting. That's kind of how I edged my way into the shadowing for a trade. So they were like, what's going on here? So sure enough, I knew where all desks go to die, and that's Goodwill. So I contacted Goodwill and they had just got an order in last week of all these desks from an office. So I think for about $350 plus $100 delivery, I stacked the entire office with desks. I handled the delivery, setting up everything. The desks were just there. And these are things I continue to do to show value to them. So I think a lot of people when they want mentorship or they want something, they just want something yeah. and they just ask. You have to give value as well. And I get it. Maybe you don't have money. Maybe you don't know anything about real estate, but you have something to give, even if that's just your time. And that's what a lot of people don't have. So well, and time and your creativity, right? Being a problem solver, because, you know, nobody wants to clean the freaking toilet. If you're the guy that goes in there and does it, and here's the thing, here's what I took away too. You didn't beat your chest and say, hey guys, I took care of it all. I cleaned the toilets. I bought the toilet paper. Look at me, how great I am. Right? Because that's, that's just obnoxious. That just has the opposite effect. You came in and you solved problems. Awesome. Okay. Love it. And I imagine that just kind of morphed and it just kind of went from there. Were you out swinging hammers and, and doing stuff like that at the beginning too to kind of get your yep. feet wet? So the way it looks is Steve is our contractor. He has his license and does all the work out in the field. I have managed a couple of properties just to learn the role, but that's his department. Andrew's our acquisition. He finds all the houses and manages all that. And then I'm finance. That's where I came in strong. It's where my background is. It's what I have a passion for. I'm good with money and strategizing money. That's what they were missing. Nice. And so they, it just worked out and they had to trust me, right? I had to came in there and I was coming in strong. And like within the first three months, I'm talking about adjusting salaries, what they're going to get paid. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. They did for a minute. Like there was some headbutting at first because you got, you got to remember who am I? And why should they trust me? And I had to prove myself multiple times and then forecast some things that came to light that they didn't believe. And that's okay because they didn't, they didn't have any reason to trust me. But once I was right a few times, they started to let up and let me take that role. 
And eventually that just grew into CEO and CFO of the company because I'm very organized and good with the money side. But I would not want yeah, to do they're probably, that. They're probably looking at you as a godsend, right? Because <laughs> typical entrepreneurs, we're the exact opposite of that. We're good at, you know, the guy, the construction guy is great at going out there and managing the teams. The acquisitions guy is probably great at, at sales and negotiations, but disorganized as hell. I don't know your partners, but I'm just guessing, <laughs> right? And then you get a, a guy like yourself that knows the numbers and can bring the capital to the table. That's the perfect trifecta. All right, John. So right now, as we're chatting, we're, I think, 10 business days into the whole COVID pandemic craziness. You know, flipping, some people might say this could be a risky strategy in markets right now when nobody nobody knows where the heck it's going to go. You know, after the smoke clears from this, how many people are going to be out of work? How many self-employed people are going to go belly up and bankrupt? How many people are going to lose their homes? You know, is it going to turn us into another recession? Nobody knows yet. But if the real estate market takes a, a diver, people that are in the flipping business, there's a good chance they could be kind of stuck with the, you know, stuck with a, a problematic property, right? They, they, perhaps you paid too much, you paid a good price for it pre-COVID, but your after repaired value after COVID could be radically different. So what do you guys kind of, you must've thought about this. So what, what kind of plans do you guys have as flippers for this situation? So this is a couple of things. Well, first of all, it's, it's where do you live and where are you getting your money? Because some places are going to be a hit a lot more. Places that had huge appreciation over the last several years, if this goes south, again, neither one of us are saying one way or another. We're just talking about if. Yeah. If this goes south, they could see an equal depreciation, right? Where I am at in Charleston, West Virginia, it doesn't see a lot of appreciation. So when the market goes south, you know, we see minimal depreciation. That's pros and cons. We also don't see $100,000 profit flips. We mm -hmm. see $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 profit flips. So right. it's got its given its take there. Where are you getting your money? This is big because we are 100% privately financed. So we have a little bit more leniency. We can talk to our big investors. I'm one of our investors. We can give and take there, right? Like, all right, look, I want to keep flipping after this is over. So we don't want the company to sink. So let's work with the company, right? If you're an investor, you should think that way. Now, if you're getting all your money from banks and hard money and the government doesn't step in, especially hard money, it's going to be tough. And this is why if you didn't already know this, you should learn it now. This should scare you into learning it, that you need to buy right. And you need to buy with the plan in mind that if things go south in the beginning, middle or end of this flip, can I rent it and hold it and cover my mortgage or whoever I owe this money until the market recovers? If the answer to that is no, you are essentially gambling. Mm -hmm. And look, I know more, I'm very risk adverse, right? And that's, again, my partners are not, and I am, and that's how our give and take. Yeah. But every time I say, look, the margins need to increase with the amount of risk, and that should always be the case. Yeah, very, very well said. So again, it's all about the market that you're in. You guys, sounds like you're in a steady eddy kind of market, you know, not very sexy, didn't have the spikes that other markets like, let's say, in the state Seattle over the last <laughs> yeah. few years has had or, or what have San Francisco, whatever. Here in Canada would be Vancouver and Toronto. So yeah, that's that's a big advantage. And then having that plan B in place, right? If I can't flip this, 
for the price that I need to get, then what else can I do with the property? Can I just turn it into a regular rental? I mean, you guys, it sounds like you do rent-owns as well. Does Is that a possibility for these kind of properties too, flipping over to a rent-to-own in this kind of situation? Yeah, and we've done that before on on flops, flips that turn into flops. And you yeah. do over 100, you're going to have them. If anybody says they don't, they're lying to you. So we've had that happen. Now, one of the scary things for us is that side, the, the rental side and the rent-to-own side, because especially rent-to-own, they're usually lower income and trying to get their credit right. That's the whole reason they're in the program. And what happens if 10% of them lose their jobs? So that we don't, we're not worry-free. On the flip side, we're okay because we're with private money. But on the rental side, we have over 105 rent-to-owns as well. So keep in mind, if, we have to, if 10% of them can't pay and we have to carry 10% of those mortgages, that's expensive. Yeah. So we are right now mailing out letters. We're being proactive, getting in touch with these people, getting telling the sellers that they may have to call the bank to get this thing set off some so that we don't have to pay mortgages next month because the bank hasn't done anything yet for us. I don't know about for you guys, but here in the U.S., the bank hasn't done anything for us as far as forbearance or, or delaying payments. They're due in three days. Wow. No, Canada, fortunately, it seems like they're on top of that right now. We, we have a lot fewer banks up here, but a lot of people are still worried about that. Interesting. So this is a little off topic of flips, but for your rent-to-own business, are you guys focusing on sandwich leases primarily? Is that what I'm understanding? Or are you tenant first and then going and buying the house for people? Or what's your rent-to-own strategy? So I'm not familiar with the sandwich thing, but our rental, that, it may be that. I just haven't heard that before. I, and I might like that if that's what fits us. But yes, yeah, so we find buyers, I mean, sorry, we find sellers that can't sell their houses. We put them in contract for a, a sales price. And then we go find rent to owners to slide into the, to the place. And we basically manage the whole deal. That's and it's a Yeah. Okay. You so we sandwich You don't actually buy the property. You get it under contract. You lease it with an option to purchase and a right to sublet. You get a tenant buyer in there who does the agreement with you. You've got price A with the seller. They've got price B with you, which there should be some spread in there. And you're agreeing to the seller to make their minimum payments and maintain the property in the meantime. Tenant buyer is in there with the same kind of agreement with you, but you're babysitting them along the way to get them qualified in two, three, four years, correct? Correct. Yes, we are. I've just never heard the terminology before. I like it though. I'm, I'm, an, old, I'm, a, I'm an old guy. That's why I, got, <laughs> well, I like it. So we're, when I learned when I when I was doing this and when I learned that stuff years twenty years ago, that was what it was called a sandwich lease. So yes, we're about eighty five percent sandwich leases in that company, and then through our flops, we own those outright through our company with an investor attached that we need to get their money back eventually. Awesome. Well, that is fantastic, John. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being so open about what your guys' plans are, if, if things go south, how you kind of manage your business. If people want to find out more about you and perhaps connect with you, what should they do? So my most active platforms are Instagram, The Frugal Investor. I give out weekly tips, videos, and quotes, and things like that to help people with getting into real estate and just finance in general. I'm a big finance guy and I just want everybody to be debt-free, bad debt-free. You can learn to leverage good debt eventually and be financially free at some point in their life. Like, awesome. I don't care if that's now or later. So the Frugal Investor has all that. And then my name, John Schuller, I also do a YouTube channel every week. And that's usually like a vlog type video where I show you out in the field what we're getting into. 
in this week coming up, I'm going to walk you through a $10 million apartment unit complex that we were looking to possibly work a deal on. Awesome. Love it. John, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Virtual. And virtual. High five. COVID free. Okay. <laughs> right. Everybody, thank you very much for tuning in and tune in for our next episode. Take care and God bless and be well and safe. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.